You are now tuned in to Saved and Woke. Yes, I am. What up, everybody? It's your boy, MSW. That's Mr. Saved and Woke, also known as Juan Enrique Toussaint, here with another edition of Saved and Woke Afterthoughts. These afterthoughts are in reference to the last episode with my interview with Isaac Adams and with the extra comments that I added um, referencing the recent tragedies of the terrorist attacks in New Zealand and the shooting death of rapper Nipsey Hussle. All right, so as usual, I'm just gonna go in order addressing certain things that were brought up in the episode or clarifying certain things that I said or maybe that Isaac said in, in our conversation. So first, I want to be clear about when I said the comments about bringing our Christianity and other philosophies to, or I made a comment about bringing Christianity and quote unquote other philosophies um, to light and just giving them further explanation by talking about how they relate to current events. I'm listening to that now. I don't know why I said that phrase, other philosophies. Um, And it kind of makes me worried that people might hear that, might listen and think that I'm talking about bringing Christianity and other religions or other ideologies that are against Christianity. But what I really meant to say was we can bring our saveness and wokeness to life by talking about real life events. Um, And so that's why I'm going to cover current events that I think are important or are a good example of the things we talk about on the show, because it's always more, it's always easier to understand things when you have some real life context to, to apply them to. And that's all I meant to say about that. Uh, I also want to make it clear that when I said the comments about how just seeing a news headline about those terrorist attacks would not have struck me. I did not mean I would think like it wouldn't, I didn't mean to say that I wouldn't have cared completely and totally. I would have seen them and been like, wow, that's just ridiculous. But I wouldn't really have been touched. It wouldn't have been something that I would dwelled on throughout the day. I wouldn't have been thinking about it. I wouldn't have been so deeply touched. I wouldn't have been mourning for the loss of those people if I would have just seen a headline that said 51 people have been killed or however many people. And there's actually studies that show that the larger the number is, the the more and more detached people get from it in general. So, I mean, it's a scientific thing and it's just also, it shows that's just the power of that personal touch I didn't have to see, I didn't see pictures of all 51 victims. I saw maybe five or six pictures along with some stories about them. Maybe a little more than that. 
and I mean from the first one from the very first one I, I mourned the loss of that individual and like I shared on the episode that there was one that was really hard uh, his he was a three-year-old boy and I just I mourned the loss of that that individual life and I believe that's important for us as believers to do because if we are we claim to believe and it is true that God loves us he loves the world but he also loves us, each and every one of us individually and uniquely and I believe that the father he mourned the loss he mourned the death and the murder of 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 his image bearers in New Zealand that day and I think we should too I also referenced the murder of rapper Nipsey Hussle and I didn't really give a lot of context as to why I was bringing him up other than that we should be we should mourn when 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 people are mourning a loss and another thing that another reason why I was why I began to mourn uh, Nipsey's death was and to be honest, I hadn't, I really had not heard of him until his, until his, his murder. And I'm, I'm really, I wish that wasn't the case, but I'm not all, I'm not <laughs> as, as, uh, connected or plugged in to the culture as I would like to be. Um, one thing that I always joke about with Monique is how, um, I, it's really difficult for me to find new music that I like. Um, I, I'll find some music and I'll download them. I'll download the songs and then that'll be like, that'll be my playlist for years. Um, so I think just by virtue of him just being a rapper, I just didn't know about him. But then I found out just by seeing people's posts about him, just seeing how people that I respected, um, how hurt they were by his death, I started to look up. Um, well, what, what was he all about? And yes, he was a rapper, but most people were not. I didn't hear people talking about his music. He was, he was really, he was an advocate for social change on a very practical and personal level. So he was gaining success. He was obviously a successful rapper, but he was from, he was from LA, definitely. Uh, I can't remember. I don't remember where exactly. But basically, he was from an area that was like in the middle of gang territory. And well, but what he was doing, he was reinvesting and he was re re revitalizing that that area. That's one of my personal goals to reinvest in, and revitalize um, marginalized and neglected areas. And I could just see that he had a heart for not. To, he wasn't just try, out there trying to get rich or die trying for himself. He was, you know, being he was being all that he could be for for the betterment of himself first, yes, but then also to bring his community with him. And that's one of my personal goals with this show. I'm not just gonna be on this podcast talking. I became a social worker. I, I, I started the, the program for the School of Social Work because I want to do exactly that. And I was just like, wow, man. You know, because people out, of course, um, 
I'm not sure whether or not he was a, a believer or not. And I'm not saying that we should go and emulate everything that he did, everything he did, everything he said or stood for. But in that regard, I was just like, wow. Because when I see people like that, I'm like, wow, they would be so great as a leader in the body of Christ if they were saved. And it's just sad to see someone like that go. And like I said, I think we should we should our hearts should be overflowing with love and compassion and grace and just the tenderness of of the of the father towards the passing of anyone um but after i learned about him just like the more and more i learned the more and more i was sad like i as i read about his life i i just began to hurt for for him and for for his family and for for his community everyone that he's that he's been inspiring up to this point so yeah that's just more context on why i brought up nipsey uh, next point so now I'm, I'm kind of transitioning into the conversation with isaac so isaac mentioned that the work of renewing our minds regarding racial reconciliation and the gospel is a process that takes time so we need to make sure that we give ourselves grace when engaging in this process. Those of us who are just now coming into understanding um, how the gospel relates to to social justice, um, and more importantly, we we who are already woke, saved, and woke, we need to make sure that we give our friends, associates, and loved ones grace while they are going through this process. And because I, people always, I think it's easy to think of things like sanctification and holiness as a process. But transformation of your mind is a process and it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen because they listen to one episode of Saved and Woke. We have to meet people where they are and then walk with them from that point. We can't just pull them along and drag them along. They have to be walking um, just like just like we did. Um, next at one point isaac also referenced he said he when he was giving advice to people who are kind of on the fence with the saving and woke thing and like i don't really understand but they're maybe or maybe yeah they're maybe trying to come into more understanding or just trying to see what, what, what we're talking about he said when people of color you know, he was specifically referencing um our um, white brothers and sisters in the faith he was saying when people of color tell you about their experiences with racism believe them believe them and one thing that i just thought of and i wanted to share was that there's so many not so many there are a few repeated often cited reasons or explanations for why racism isn't the issue or why racism isn't should be talked about and i want y'all to know that those reasons are not new <laughs> they have been used since slavery to get people to, to well to try and get people to stop talking 
about the issues of race or to or to, or to put the blame back on on black people. Like people say, well, man, like even today, people will say, well, if, if black people weren't so um, lazy and they were they were more industrious and if they would just took advantage of what, what was around them, then they wouldn't be in the position that they're in right now. People say that now, but people have been saying that since slavery. They were saying that in slavery, like if people were, well, if black people were weren't so weren't so lazy, then we wouldn't have to slave, then we wouldn't have to enslave them so they could be safe. Um, so they've been saying that since slavery. They've been saying that during. They've been saying it during Reconstruction. They were saying it during the during the time of the Black Codes. They were saying that during the time of Jim Crow. And they were wrong during all those eras. And I feel like it's pretty much now accepted as fact that they were wrong during all those eras. So why are all these explanations for not talking about race and racism right now? If they weren't right all the during all these times, why would they be right now? So chew on that. Next, Isaac, he he referenced uh, this this brand of wokeness that he doesn't think that he's like increasingly concerned of, and I know exactly what he was talking about. That was also so. In addition to wanting to start the podcast because of um, people always presenting saveness and or Christianity and the consciousness of the need for social justice. Um, for always being presented as mutually exclusive that's one reason why i started the show then i also wanted to start the show uh, because of that brand of wokeness because like yo i'm woke and these people are woke but they are not (laughs) well they're i would say they are conscious of some things some 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 needs for change but yeah that wokeness where like basically uh, I think he and I were both referencing next point. So yeah, I mean the main reason I brought on Isaac is because I heard his podcast I loved it and I'm a fan of his I'm a fan of that podcast and he's really his, his message and his work on the podcast have really like I shared convicted me and made sure that I always pray not just uh, not on the uh, not just on the episodes but I want to make sure that I'm praying about this in my everyday life and Similar to him, he shared that he doesn't want to be the person who who who, who loved to pray openly or in front of people, but he wants to make sure that he's actually praying in his own life. And I want to do that for myself, and um, to make sure that I am praying like in private and got to uh, in my own prayer closet, which is a metaphorical term, by the way. You don't actually have to pray in a closet. <laughs> um, but yeah. And there's one really, really, really important thing that I want to highlight. And this is probably maybe the most important thing I've ever said on any episode. So we were talking, I mentioned this 
this attitude of haughtiness towards prayer. People stick their nose up at the idea of prayer in response to social injustice. And I'm pretty sure that we established in this episode that that is not the case. And so we talked about how it's necessary for us to renew our minds and and to remind ourselves that prayer is powerful. Um, But one thing that is also evident if we as believers are saying that we do not believe in the power of prayer, or even if you you might say it, but if your life shows otherwise, um, then what that is evident of is spiritual bondage, that we are bound by unbelief, a spirit, a demonic spirit of unbelief. And we need to confess it, renounce agreement with that spirit, come out of agreement with that spirit. And then and then cast it out. And I know some people might be thinking, like, what are you talking about? We can't be bound as Christians because Jesus set us free. He whom the son sets free is free indeed. And the work of Christ is is done. So I don't know what you're talking about, man. And for those who are thinking that I completely understand. I used to be of that school of thought myself. Um, I was always taught that. You know, there are examples of people being bound by demons in the Bible, but because of because Christ has set us free, then we are no longer subject to to bondage, to demonic bondage. And I get that line of thinking, but there is biblical evidence for the opposite. And for that, we're going to take you i'm going to take you through a snippet of the story of um simon the sorcerer okay so simon the sorcerer he was a person who lived around the time of christ's resurrection and he at one time was a sorcerer he did he practiced witchcraft um but then he got saved himself right and so this is i'm reading from acts 8 starting at verse 18 and i'm reading from the new living translation it says when simon saw that the spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people he offered them money to buy this power let me have this power too he exclaimed so that when i lay my hands on people they will receive the holy spirit but peter replied may your money be destroyed with you for thinking god's gift can be bought you can have no part in this for your heart is not right with god Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. That word captive is key because we're just I just mentioned that you can be in bondage to the enemy. And he, he clearly said that he was in bondage to sin. This is after Simon received. Well, this is after Simon became a believer and confessed belief in the risen Christ. So here we have an example of someone who was a Christian being bound by sin. And if we don't believe as believers, that's crazy. If we don't believe as believers, that's just a weird sentence to say. If we don't believe as believers, that is sin. All right. And the Bible says in 
Hebrews 11 and 6. This time I'm reading from the Amplified Version. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him, God. For whoever would come near to God must believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. So it's clear that the Bible tells us to, to believe this. And if there is anything that is in the Bible that is clear, a clear commandment how, about how we should live, but we don't believe it for, for one reason or another, that's because we have come into agreement with the enemy. And if you are in agreement with a lie from the enemy, that means you are in bondage to whatever that's, whatever spirit that is. And so I'm not just going to tell you that you're bound and not help you out with that. So um, one ministry that my church has really, like, really, really availed themselves of is their ministry called Restoring the Foundations. And what they specialize in, they just specialize in deliverance. They just specialize in deliverance from, from, from bondage to the enemy. And so I'm just going to lead you all in a prayer, a few prayers. Um, one, we're going to just confess the sin of, of doubt the doubt of the, of the power of prayer or, the, or, the, or doubt in the fact that God will actually will actually reward us for diligently seeking him out so you can repeat this after me and after we go through this I will give you the information on how to learn more about um, healing and deliverance from demonic oppression um, and give you the specific resources for this pamphlet that I'm reading right now so um, if you're convicted by, by this, you can definitely repeat after me. It says, I confess the sins of my ancestors, my parents, and my own sins of doubt and unbelief, including not believing in the power of prayer and not believing that God will, be, will reward me for diligently and earnestly seeking him out. I choose to forgive and release my ancestors as well as all others who have influenced me for these sins and curses and for the consequences in my life. I ask you to forgive me, Lord, for these sins, for yielding to them and to the curses. I receive your forgiveness. On the basis of your forgiveness, Lord, I choose to forgive myself for entering into these sins. I renounce the sins and curses of doubt and unbelief. I break these powers from my life and from the lives of my descendants through the redemptive work of Christ on the cross. I receive God's freedom from these sins and the resulting curses. I confess my sin and my ancestors sin of believing the lie that prayer has no power, that God does not hear me, that prayer is pointless. I forgive those who have contributed to my forming this ungodly belief. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for receiving this ungodly belief, for living my life based on it, and for any way I have judged others because of it. I receive your forgiveness. On the basis of your forgiveness, Lord, I choose to forgive myself for believing this lie also. I renounce and break my agreement with this ungodly belief. I cancel my agreement with the kingdom of darkness. I break all agreements 
I have made with demons. I choose to accept, believe, and receive the godly belief that you are a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek you out. In the name of Jesus. Finally, I confess my sins of doubt and unbelief and forgive all who have influenced me to sin. I repent for giving place to the demons of doubt and unbelief. I forgive myself for the pain and limitations I have allowed these demons to afflict upon me. In the name of Jesus, I renounce and break all agreements with the demonic stronghold of doubt and unbelief, including all associated demons. I take authority over the demonic stronghold of doubt and unbelief and command this stronghold and all associated demons to leave me now based on the finished work of Christ on the cross and my authority as a believer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all for, for listening today. And I, I just praise God for everybody who joined in that prayer. You are not free from from bondage to from bondage to doubt and unbelief now um, it's important to continue to renew your mind mind renewal is still important after we get free from these things because we still have to change our thinking our minds even though we're, we're free from the power of sin now i want you have once you renounce spirits and cast them out like that but you still have to get in the habit you have to free yourself from the habit of thinking that way so continue to read your word, build yourself up by reading scriptures on prayer. Um, if you have like the version Bible app, just find some devotionals about prayer or whatever it is or however you study. Um, but with that said, I will see you all in the next episode. Until then, stay tuned to keep the faith and stay woke.